0: Okay, alright, this is Marvel 616 Politics Episode 20 with Andy Kirby and Jared Mayo. tuning in this is round two we're actually 15 minutes into our phone call but i forgot to i there was technical difficulties and we weren't recording so um we're gonna we're gonna blow through some stuff well let's see what did we cover we covered i got my wisdom teeth out i'm still doing okay on that a little bit sore um jared uh his wife is amazing at naming uh marvel characters mine absolutely you know she's getting there Um, Our intro, I mean, that was basically it. We have contact information, marvel616politics at gmail.com. Go to our website, marvel616politics.com. And, of course, Twitter, twitter.com slash 616politics.
1: Give us a call and leave us a message with gripes, complaints, or all the things that you love about Andy's laugh at 616-755-TINA. Or you can look us up on Facebook. We've got almost 600 followers, and Andy and I are obsessed with uh, replying to every every post on there at uh, facebook.com/slash marvel616politics.
0: Yeah, thanks a lot about the laugh. I actually had a listener uh, email me and say, "Hey, it's good, but back off the laugh, goodness." <crazy>. I can't help
1: that. Oh, I said that. It was great. I love it. It's a great part of the show.
0: Hey, thanks. <laughs> See, now I'm going to be self conscious every time I do that. It's going to sound forced. All right, well, tonight. Hey, we're going to go tee tee-hee. There we go. Do it. Do it. No. <laughs> tee I sound like Kevin <laughs> so Smith. That's
1: our abbreviated version of the beginning of our show.
0: Yeah, we apologize. And I apologize to Jared because I feel like an idiot. But um so we are doing current events tonight, we are going to be doing the uh, second coming number two, and that's all the current events we are going to be doing, because we have to hit it and hit it hard, because we have a ton in our State of the Union, we are going to talk about the end of Grim Hunt, we are going to briefly touch on Shadowland number one, because Jared hates Daredevil, and then we are going to talk about the X-Men of course, and we are going to talk about the new status quo, and how Fraction fits into that, how Kyle and Yost fit into that, and then Curse of the Mutants, start kicking off with X-Men number one and the death of Dracula. And of course, fan favorite, Tina Awards. Give it up for Tina. Speaking of which, sir, did you see X-Women number one, Chris Claremont, dun-dun-dun, Aurora Munro singing Proud Mary
1: it you even posted it up on the facebook page
0: i know i couldn't i couldn't believe it i was almost more excited than you were i think
1: well i just didn't believe you because you you gave me a call before i was able to pick up issue and you told me what was going on like what huh Uh, okay
0: (laughs) and you weren't even gonna pick up that issue
1: no no because it wasn't in continuity
0: do we know for a fact that that's out of the six one six?
1: Yes, it's not. Claremont uh, confirmed that in an interview.
0: Oh, okay. Because I was wondering where it fit fit in. I was like, Marvel girls in there. You know, you got Rachel and Kitty, and when all that happens, and then they all lose their clothes, and <laughs> <laughs> it was insane. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that that was it. Just me, or was that thing that? comic book was like supercharged with XC say
1: yes you you are you are absolutely correct it was a little bit uh too much for me
0: it almost looked like the drawing was taking place the guy was just like fantasizing the whole story and then Claremont <laughs> came back and said I think I can write a script for this
1: <laughs> <laughs> well we love Chris Claremont he unfortunately doesn't draw
0: I I guess, depending on how you look at it, fortunately, unfortunately, whatever.
1: (laughs) Well, why don't we hit it up? Let's let's start with this Second Coming, baby. Okay,
0: let's restart with Second Coming.
1: All right, Second Coming, Chapter 14. We're closing this whole series out and finding out what's the deal with Hope. How are we going to close this baby up? and uh so we've got two covers here of course we got the cable face cover um just kind of
0: eh. like i said
1: his
0: not eye. a big fan he's got that scar i mean i like the texture it's kind of lifelike but for some reason the scar ruins it for me because it's like too perfect it looks like you know like baby raptors were just like oh feed me <laughs> trying to lick his eyeball
1: yeah, maybe that's what happened. That's like, maybe the next series since Cable's over will be the untold tales of Cable, and we'll figure that out, how that happened.
0: Obviously in the Savage Land, obviously.
1: You took the words out of my mouth, man. <laughs> okay. The second cover, though, is Off the Hizzle. That is a nice cover with Finch and just kind of a spotting of some of the X-Men characters on Utopia, New Mutants, X-Force, the main cast, and Legacy.
0: Off the Hizzle? Like what is that. What is that? It's fo-shizzle. What does that mean? What is hizzle? hizzle?
1: Sorry, you're in Louisiana.
0: Well, yeah, but, I mean, you're in Ohio.
1: That's how we talk here. Oh, okay. All right. Okay, let's pretend like you know what hizzle means. Would you agree that it is off it?
0: Dude, the bottom half is good, but the top half, I'm not... I don't like that much. Like, Emma and Hope and... Rogue, Rogue's okay, but Cyclops, I don't like that, and actually Magneto, I don't like that either. But the bottom half is awesome.
1: I'll give you that. Okay, all right, I'll take it. I'll take it. Well, I mean, with with Emma, all you have to do you make her hair brown with a white streak, and it looks like Rogue. I mean, the the girls kind of look the same, but but yeah, that Wolverine, that's off that's off the hizzle too. <laughs>
0: So where are they? On Utopia in this cover? Or I mean, to me, it looks like they're in Genosha.
1: I think they're at a barn, and those are big grain rafters in the back, and they have to get the grain out of those, and that's why they all kind of look distraught.
0: Oh, okay. All right. I got you. All right. Yeah. Grain silos? Yes, yes. <laughs> okay. All right. Start the... Start the book. Let's do it. Let's catch up.
1: All right. This this book is divided into four chapters, kind of just to close out the all of Second Coming. Um, it's good because we're seeing different parts of Second Coming as opposed to just we're all on the bridge fighting and now Cable's dead. We're getting to see some different parts. Um, but each chapter is written by a different writer and illustrated by a different artist. So it is a bit choppy going from Greg Land to Terry Dodson. Uh, to Ibrahim Robertson and Isaac Uh just just a, a little bit choppy right there, uh, but we'll jump into it anyways. Um, it starts off with with Hope has just manifested um, this big fire, whatever, at the during chapter 13 of Second Coming, and everyone's on the bridge, just kind of looking at her, seeing what's going on. Professor X is on a helicopter, just saying. You know what? What's next? Uh, she. It looks like she's about to pass out, but really, she goes for Cable's arm, um, which is what's left uh, of Cable after he was killed.
0: Did you but, find that? Did you find that disturbing at all?
1: Uh, it was a little weird, but I guess when there's there's no physical body to grieve, you know. I, you know if if um, you know if, you, if you're incinerated or I don't know eaten by a shark or whatever, I guess you would like. Grab the cloth your father's pillow, and you might you know go to that for comfort, or your mom's blanket, or something like that. So,
0: and and you're like, saying that, that that's all he had—the arm,
1: the arm.
0: <laughs> I thought that was weird. <laughs> anyway, go on,
1: whatever. <laughs> so she's clutching to that, and then we jump into the infirmary where uh, Beast is working with Colossus, who had his arm uh, pretty ripped up in its uh, metallic state. And she wakes up after 30 hours and Beast examines her. Um, we look around the rest of the infirmary and we see Archangel um, who had his, his wings um, shredded a bit. Um, Dr. Nemesis says that he's not sure if it will heal while he's in this Archangel form. Uh, so maybe that will happen in the angel form, not really sure. Iceman's damaged a bit, uh, but Dr. Rao is working with him. and you see X-23 uh, laid up in bed with bandages all over her face. And uh, then Jeffrey's Madison is working with Sean on her arm and well her leg and whatever I don't know I wish they would just killed her in the first place <laughs> off the map
0: not not too much love for her huh
1: and never been a big New Mutants fan now now
0: yeah. so uh
1: but it's kind of interesting Magneto and Hope kind of have a a bit of a talk uh, Cable warned Hope to stay away from Magneto but uh, it seems like Hope is very intrigued by Magneto and what he has to say. Uh, poor Hellion, you know, he got both of his hands incinerated off, so he (laughs) he asked if anyone knows where he can find a good bidet, which was uh some good humor there. Uh there's a sound I skit a couple weeks ago about a bidet, which kinda made me take me took me to that. So, um then Magneto with this just menacing look tells Hellion to run along, which uh, was just sweet. Like that is Magneto. That was really cool. And uh Magneto tells Hope to just get some rest.
0: And uh, I'm sure we're going to pick up on this relationship later on. Dude, I can't stand Hellion.
1: Um, He kind of got what was coming to him, I guess.
0: <laughs> That's what I'm saying.
1: Uh, and then there's this weird flashback with Cable and Hope. Uh, back when she was growing up, talking about coming on along the desert and stuff by herself, if Cable were to die. Totally out of place. Didn't care for that. Um, but I guess it sets up to the big funeral for Cable. Uh, there's a big scene. Everybody comes out of the woodwork to come to Cable's funeral from Deadpool and random some the old X-Force buddies, uh, even though Mega Sentinel, she showed up for it. And, of course, you know, when you go to a funeral, you need to dress in your X-Men battle uniform. Well, Everyone did that. That was good. Uh, Cable, has, I mean, not Cable, Cyclops has a little bit of a breakdown with his you know, his son passing along, and um, then Hope gets up to speak and kind of just gives a, uh, you know, a, a message about who Cable was, uh, what he stood for, and how he died on his feet, and that was something that he wanted to do. No one needs to cry for him. Um, the, uh, the young X-Men, all these no-name characters, and no one really knows who they are. They all talk about going to comfort her, uh, but no one really approaches, approaches <laughs> right. her. So they just talked about it and said, ah, no, good. A <laughs> very interesting part, one of the probably the most interesting parts about this whole issue was the next conversation between Cyclops and Rogue and how he just kind of lays into Rogue for saying, you know, she made a decision on her own. She did not stick with the plan to keep Hope safe, and she brought Hope out into the battle, and she could have been killed. And if Hope would have been killed, Cable and Nightcrawler's deaths would have just been in vain." Uh, because the messiah would have been gone. Uh, Rogue tries to explain, but Cyclops cuts her off um, and just says that she's a loose cannon, that that he can't trust her, but Hope can, so um, Rogue needs to continue staying with Hope and trusting her, but uh, as of now, she's off the combat roster, and she shouldn't hold her breath to get back on. Which I, just, I was like, dude, you're a jerk. You're a jerk face, you know. <laughs> without Hope, Bastion would not have been killed. He would not have been defeated because you guys could not take care of it, and she did. And, you know, I think Rogue is really... Rogue has sacrificed so much for the X-Men and done so much, and he was just pompous to her. I, I didn't care for that at all. And I, I just wanted Rogue to stalk him.
0: Yeah, but his son just died, dude. It,
1: yeah, but that doesn't give you the right to be a jerk face.
0: No, it doesn't give you the right, but, I mean, that's why. I mean, you got... Right, don't... Okay, if this was real, that would be why. But don't you think that the writers, that's one of the reasons why they did that? Why they did... What do you mean? Well, don't you think that that's one of the reasons why he jumped all over her case is because, you know, he's feeling the pain and hurt of uh, of his son just, just dying?
1: No, I think he's just... Cyclops is just a jerk. He's been a jerk for, like, three or four years now.
0: Well, that's true. his
1: way or the highway.
0: he's been a jerk ever since Emma Frost jump came on the scene,
1: yeah, after he got um possessed by apocalypse, his whole attitude has been different. so
0: what does that tell you
1: yeah don't get a don't get possessed by apocalypse.
0: no apocalypse is still in there.
1: No, we've seen apocalypse.
0: he's not in there whatever don't don't kill my buzz
1: okay, uh yeah. Next podcast, we'll reveal that Apocalypse is in Cyclops.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right, go on. Whatever.
1: All right, now we jump on to my favorite artist, Greg Land.
0: No, are you serious? This is your favorite artist? No. Oh, okay. All right.
1: No. I was gonna. Say, oh no no.
0: I was gonna oh, say that that's I that's unacceptable.
1: No, we've talked about this in previous podcasts. I'm just. I don't like it when people grab a picture out of a magazine and trace it on, and add some cuffs and an X and say that's an X-Men character. <laughs> that doesn't do it for me, you know.
0: Draw. draw what I want own. to know is, do the people in the magazine get royalties?
1: Uh, not if I guess if you're getting obscure pictures. I suppose know, you, not. You know. Well, anyways, um, there was some. This was probably one of my favorite chapters of this issue because uh, it was a storm, storm confronting Wolverine about X-Force. Um, after, after Wolverine and Nightcrawler's relationship as being best friends, um, Wolverine's probably best friend on the X-Men after him would be Storm. They've been together since 75. They've, they are like the two people um, that have always, just always been X-Men characters when Cyclops left, when Rogue left, when Colossus left. Storm and Wolverine have just always been around, so they've got this really good bond. And uh, she just puts it to him about, you know, this whole X-Force thing. Um, she talks about her confrontation with Cyclops about X-Force, which I hate that that was off-panel. I really wanted to see, like, the room come alive with lightning, and, and just, I just wanted to see that. So
0: we're just hearing about Storm's interpretation of it. Right. Um, but, but
1: it's really just good character building, I think. Um, she kind of gets really sassy with with Wolverine. But i think she has a right because she feels really betrayed not only by you know this really close friend of her that that didn't say you know what he's been doing but also that wolverine cyclops and some others have really just just uh gone against what the x-men have stood for for you know 50 40 years that they've been around they they just kind of threw that in the trash and threw out their morals and ethics of what x-men stand for and uh and also she's upset because they involved uh, Wolfsbane and Warpath and X-23, you know, these, these younger people in some of these horrendous acts. And uh, she closes out that um, she's sorry to hear that Wolverine feels like he, he should have killed more people uh, because that means that this could very well be the last drink they ever shared together. So it's kind of a, a somber thing because I, I love both Wolverine and Storm, and I've always loved their friendship. So uh, we'll kind of
0: see where this goes. See, to me, reading that, not not having a whole lot of continuity or, or history on that, you know, to me it's like, oh, these two people are mad at each other. But to hear you talk about it and to understand the gravity of what's going on there, uh, you know, it makes it way more impressive. It comes alive a whole lot more. So I'm glad you're, you know, I'm glad you're, you're saying these things. I, I had no idea that that. You know, the, the, their bond was so close.
1: Yeah, if you go back and you look at really any, any issues from when she Storm was in, X, in X-Men and she took the team away, uh, you know, it was Wolverine that came to her aid when she was injured. You know, Wolverine's not even on that team, but one that came instead of Cyclops, instead of Nightcrawler or Colossus, he came, went to Australia to help her with her wounds. Um, you look at all the all the Claremont issues. There's so much. They're like a brother and sister almost. But at the same time, he's not afraid to go toe to toe with her in the Danger Room and with his real claws and battle her. And she has no qualms with stabbing him with lightning. But at the end of the day, you know she's sitting there on the floor and drinking a beer with him. Right. It's really like a brother and sister relationship. But after, like I said, after Wolverine and Nightcrawler, I would say Wolverine and Storm. They're they're just really really close.
0: Well, they're probably it probably has to do with maturity as well. I mean, I'm not saying that Wolverine is all that mature, but because of his age, and she's probably the most mature individual on the team in general, they probably get along that way as well. Uh, yeah, and
1: they've been together forever. I mean, you know, after Giant Size X-Men, when it was like, you know, Colossus, Nightcrawler, Wolverine, and Storm, Wolverine and Storm stuck around all through up till now. You know, they've always been on the team. Nightcrawler left to go to... Excalibur, Colossus turned evil and then he went to Excalibur. They came back and then I left and and you know all kinds of different stuff. Um but these two have just been like to me Wolverine and Storm are the face of the X-Men. And then after them like maybe Cyclops and Jean and Rogue, but if it's anybody it's Wolverine and Storm have wow. done the most duty with the X-Men. So hey, anyway, I could probably could probably do a whole podcast on them, but <laughs> uh <laughs> After, after Storm has a confrontation with Wolverine, uh, Wolverine confronts um, Laura, X-23, and and just says uh, that, you know, he should have never put her on X-Force, um, and that's time for her to just be making her own decisions, that she needs to make her own missions and start with her orders of what she wants to do. She's really confused because she's always taken orders, and she needs to know what to do. Uh, she says, I don't know what I want, and he says, that's a start. You want orders to win a mission? Give them to yourself for once. So... I'm kind of looking forward to this. This sets up the whole X23, her own series, you know, her path to becoming independent uh, outside the X Men, outside being controlled by, you know, X Force, Wolverine, Weapon X, whoever. Somebody's always been controlling her somehow. So this is just her. What's she going to do on her own, you know?
0: Right. And you saying that, I really did enjoy this issue as far as it tied up Second Coming. Uh, We still exactly what her purpose is like we talked about last uh last episode we we still need to know her purpose but we'll see that a little bit in the end but it is naturally setting up the the stories and the the books that are going to come out after this that we've heard about and that we've seen um, the previews for and i may not agree but at least it's going to be organic and kind of flow through and uh, some of the other books that we're going to be talking about in State of the Union, um, it was very forced. and you know, we don't know where the story's going and the, the way the continuity is and the way that the, the theme is going, and the new the new 616, the heroic Age in the 616, which who knows how long that's going to last, um, is it works for some of them, but the X-Men are kind of like, you know, a square peg in a round hole, trying to fit them into this. And so what we see here is um, the actual X-Writer's attempt to, to to morph their end story into the new story instead of saying, okay, from this point, we're starting new, ready, go. Yeah. <laughs> and that's kind of what we see in the other book. So anyway, go on. I, I mean, you, you talked about X-23, and we're going to talk about... Um, you know, we're, we're talking about the um, X-Force as well, so all these things. Yeah.
1: Well, just closing out with uh, Greg Land's uh, chapter, um, Cyclops and Wolverine are talking. Um, Cyclops says how Stormclaw, this Iceman, Professor X, everybody came and confronted him uh, about X-Force, but that, that Storm was uh, was the weirdest because she laughed and she said, what would Gene think about X-Force? He also said that Hank's not coming back. Um, and, you know, and, and then he basically dissolves X-Force says that, you know, that's not going to be happening anymore. Um, Osborne is gone. The Avengers are back. The X-Men, we can stand for something again, uh, but we don't need to do it with X-Force anymore. Um, there is also the interesting possibility, and he says that, uh, Cyclops says that maybe Captain America, Iron Man, and Thor will come and arrest them uh, for all the things that they've done uh, because they don't know what's going on, but... I don't know, there's, a, there's another issue we're going to get into later where Captain America, I mean, Steve Rogers talks with Cyclops and Cyclops never reveals what happened with X-Force. And then there's all this, you know, Wolverine is on both teams and he hasn't revealed what's happened with X-Force. So I'm kind of thinking that the Avengers are probably not going to be finding out about what happened with all that stuff.
0: Yeah, especially especially if X-Force continues. But, I mean, that Wolverine is a is totally different characterization. I don't want to say he's a different character, but he is... he's. He's very much um, just like you need somebody on the team who has a sense of humor to lighten the mood and that's what Spider-Man is. You need somebody on the team who's down and dirty and gritty and that's what he is for that team. And on this one, on on the X-Men, he's not that guy. He's uh, he, he appears to be that guy, but really that person is Archangel or that person is Warpath. You know? Somebody who's going to go in there. But this, he's a, he's a loathing individual who knows his past, who's trying to break free of his future and his personality, and constantly in that battle thinking the best of himself uh, but knowing the worst.
1: hmm I agree with
0: you,
1: yeah. So, uh, so he adapts, too, because you think about, like, when you're a youth group leader or when you're a husband or when you're on a soccer team, you're still Andy. But you're a different Andy for each one.
0: Exactly, and I think that's why. I, I, I think that that helps a lot of discrepancies because you're in a different role. Uh, dis- discrepancies among the character of you know Wolverine on this team and Wolverine on this team, and I know it's subtle, but the actual the costume changes and the the colors really do do that for the character. When you see yes. when you see Wolverine in the in the blue and the yellow, you know oh. He's, you know, that's the Avengers colors right now, or that may be the X-Men, but he is not in the capacity of what he does on the X-Force. And so you know what his mood is going to be. And when you see that crossover, when you see him in the blue, and then he turns into the mood of what he has in the X-Force, or vice versa, that's when the readers sit up and take notice and say, wait a minute, this is out of character. Oh, wait, they're trying to make a point.
1: Yeah, yep, I agree. I agree. Well, just to close out Greg Land's part, Uh, well Cyclops is there without a rocket pack and then the last panel that Cyclops is in he has a mysterious rocket pack on so that was kind of weird but otherwise uh, it looks like Wolverine has been, uh, he's already got together his own version of X-Force without Cyclops knowing so here's some more secrets, the secrets of X-Force is going to continue and he's changed up the lineup quite drastically actually only he and Archangel are still on the team and he's instead added Phantom X along with his mutant transport EV Silo, which has always been a grim and gritty character, except now she has a gun. <laughs> Force. The character that does not have enough exposure in the Marvel Universe, Deadpool. So that is the new five-person lineup of X-Force, Wolverine, <laughs> Deadpool, Psylocke, Archangel, and Phantom X.
0: What do you think about this team? I don't like it. Okay, why?
1: I don't like Deadpool and Phantom X on the team. It's not... I, I just got so... I mean, when X-Force first appeared, or when this new X, this gray and black X-Force appeared, with Warpath and Wolfsbane and Vanisher and everything, I was just like, this sucks, I'm not even going to pick it up, and I would not read it until I started talking to you about it. And you said how good it was. But then I picked it up and I just got obsessed with it. And I just waited like Wednesday, like come on Wednesday. I need the next issue of X Force because I love the team. And so to see a team without Domino, Warpath, Vanisher, um, and if, and to see characters I could care less about like Phantom X and Deadpool, yeah, it's gonna this this better be awfully good.
0: Now to to me, and this may just be you know nitpicking. But the actual, the weapons actually say a lot about this team. Like, look, now they are all carrying guns, okay? And and there's a few knives. All right, Wolverine doesn't have a gun, but we know why. But the other team, everything was covert and knives. Okay, so like, if you're playing a video game and you want to kill somebody silently, do you use a gun? No, you use a knife. So that team was way undercover, and it, it gave the appearance of, okay, we can... We can sneak in, we can kill, and we can take care of it. We are a a covert team that's going in and like a a precision strike. These people, these people look like more like they have an attitude and say, hey, we are taking on the defending mutanity and, you know, no, we don't care what anybody says. We'll be secret, but we're not a precision strike team we'll go in and we'll make a scene, but then then we'll clean it up afterwards. You know what I'm saying? I do, yeah. And I, I don't know, that changes that does change the whole dynamic of the team. I don't understand why Phantom X is on the team. I don't see what he would get out of it. Um, I do understand Archangel. I don't really know Psylocke that much and why. I think that Deadpool would have fun on the team, but I don't think that he would gain anything from it. Um, I, I think that... If I if he gets bored, he's out. You know what I'm saying? He get bored halfway through the first mission. He's like, ah, I'm gone. What are you gonna do? Yeah, yeah. So I don't see him being on the team. I don't understand why they would put him on the team. Uh, who's writing X X-For- Force after Kyle and Yost leave?
1: Uh, that's a good question. I haven't checked that out. All right, well, let's close up this issue. Um, we got Dodson's, uh closing up the chapter. With- Donson's are
0: fantastic.
1: <laughs> Uh, Dodson closes it up with Beast leaving, um, he's heading out and kind of gets into it with Namor a bit, uh, Namor is just Mr. Pompous himself, uh, I think Namor's always characterized pretty well, because you just write him as a jerk, and there he is, (laughs) Uh, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely.
1: Um, so, Namor talks to Cyclops a little bit about, um, you know, he makes the analogy of being in an army, and Iceman says, well, we're in an army now, and, and and Namor continues to go on about the army analogy, and Cyclops never says no. Uh, I thought that was interesting, because that's basically kind of what the X-Men are now. They're just this little militia that they've got going on, as much as Cyclops doesn't think so. That's that's really what's going on. And uh, the mutants come over and say, you know, that we're gonna we're having a bonfire over on the edge of the island, we're going to play basketball. It's funny, because Namor must not know how to play basketball, and, and they tell him to just throw the ball into the hoop and he throws it as fast as he can, destroys the the basketball hoop and it goes flying miles in the air. I thought that was pretty humorous. (laughs) Need some lighthearted stuff with how dark Second Coming has been, you know?
0: Right, right. Well, the past two and a half years, I mean, Messiah Complex, Messiah War, and Second Coming. Oh, yeah. The whole thing's been dark. And actually, um, what, Dark Avengers, X-Men Utopia, even.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just, yeah, dark, dark, dark. Very dark. Uh, Cyclops says he needs to go find Emma. And she's down at the bonfire with the rest of the, the uh, people on the island. Um, she's in diamond form because she says she needs just, just needs a break from all the emotion and everything. Um, uh, Emma says that you know, she hasn't approached her uh, hope because you know her father just died and people have died trying to save her. Um, everyone around either hates her or they expect her to do miracles.
0: Can I just say that this is one of the best pictures of Emma,
1: the the second picture down,
0: the second panel. Yep, Diamond Emma, that one. Uh huh. I have to say that's that's one of my favorites of her, ever.
1: Yep, Dodson uh, Dodson is really good. I think at drawing like texture, like my, like the metal on Colossus. I think he just he just has that that niche, and it's the same with Diamond. Some of the the curves that he knows how to make, it just looks very fluid
0: yep all right and uh and can um, i can I just go on to say that Miss Jacqueline looks exactly like that?
1: She's a diamond
0: no, 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 not the color oh
1: she's she's wearing a bustier?
0: <laughs> well, no, I'm not home right now, so I don't know, but oh, probably not, no, so how does she look like Miss Jacqueline? <laughs> no. That was a joke, man. It was a joke,
1: man. It's a joke. I know, <laughs> but yeah, uh, I have no idea. There we go. There it is.
0: <laughs> you know what? I think that was on the last podcast. Wasn't that the last? Wasn't that before we started recording? Yeah. That that's a shame. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Go on.
1: Cyclops looks at Emma and says, "We were right in what we did, right?" And she doesn't say yes or no. She just says it doesn't matter. It just matters tomorrow. So he kind of takes that as a slight and says, thanks a lot for the help, and walks off. Emma turns around from her talk with Cyclops and sees Hope and a fiery phoenix image arising from her. Hope is looking right at Emma and says, well then, little spirit, prepare. And uh, Emma just looks like she changes from Diamond, and I think if we would the whole picture would have scaled down, you would have seen that she crapped her pants. And she goes running off to Cyclops, yelling, Scott, Scott, I think I just saw him. He says, quiet. And the next page is an image, a holographic image of the world. And five new X genes have been activated in Japan, the Ukraine, Canada, Mexico, and Nigeria. And he just smiles, looks at Emma, and says, we were right. And the end of the issue uh, is there. <laughs> That's the end.
0: When I when I read that, I was like, "Holy cow!"
1: So did you not see that coming,
0: dude? I didn't. I didn't see it coming for um for a while. What did what
1: were you envisioning the end? How did you see this ramping up?
0: I figured that we would see some reason why um why she was there. You know, like some reason why Hope was there, but not the full picture and not this point yet. I thought it was going to be drawn out even more you know and i thought it was they uh, they spent so much time on this stupid x x team x uh science team you know that i thought they would have something to do with it like you know like fixing the the mutant gene or something
1: mhm mhm
0: so i don't know but it goes on to say in other books and we'll get into that but it says that you know only these five no more cuz at first i thought holy cow they're going to just repopulate because You know, we saw five pop up, but I thought they were coming in succession, you know?
1: Yeah, I I thought the same thing until I read the X-Men Hero Cage.
0: Yeah. So, anyway. I
1: mean, did the Phoenix thing surprise you?
0: Oh, no, absolutely not. No. Okay. No. Good. But the, the part that this was here at this time, that kind of did surprise me.
1: Yeah, I'm kind of played out on the Phoenix thing, but we all knew it was coming...
0: What are you you talking about? It's been so long since we've seen the Phoenix. (laughs)
1: Like, last week.
0: (laughs) What are you talking about? When?
1: (laughs) Gene just died what? When did Gene die?
0: Seven years ago.
1: Seven years ago. Okay, sorry. And then we had uh, Phoenix End Song, Phoenix War Song. The Phoenix was in Rachel. The Phoenix was in the Stepford Cuckoos. I'm like, dude, it's just... It's just the Phoenix has been so watered down since Claremont originally wrote it. Well, oh. you don't know.
0: No, I don't know. But I, I mean, I'll take I'll take your word for it.
1: So that's the end. That's Second Coming. It is over.
0: So what do you think?
1: Um, I think overall it was a good it was a good read. I'm looking forward to getting it collected in a in a hardcover. You know and just sitting down, like, you know, two, three hours, and just kind of mulling over it and reading it together, you know? So are
0: you, you going to read uh, them in succession, like Messiah War, or Messiah Complex, Messiah War, and then this? Oh, uh,
1: I probably wouldn't. I, probably, I mean, maybe someday, but right now I just kind of want to read the All Second Coming, because some of the issues were just straight up, you know, battle issues. There were, like, three or four issues where it's just a battle, almost, you know, for 22 pages. And so to go from that week to week or skipping weeks and stuff, um, it kind of read choppy. So to have it all together, I think it's going to flow a lot better. Mm-hmm. I, I did enjoy it. I really, I mean, because I just love some of those characters like Bastion and Great and Creed and Cameron Hodge and, and all that kind of stuff. And the big splash pages with X-Men characters that you're never going to see together <laughs> again, probably. So I thought it was good. What, what did you think?
0: I thought it was good and uh, I just thought that we still didn't see it was kind of anticlimactic of course they're going to kill the bad guy in the in the you know the 13th chapter 13 and then chapter 14 is to wrap it up which is cool I kind of like that Um, they could have had a whole epilogue issue but I don't know. It just didn't stick out to me. Like, I like the overall story, and I like the story that Kyle and Yost have been telling this whole time, but I'm I'm still like, where's the payoff? What's the point? What does she do? How are these X-Genes activated? And we'll see that. Uh, we'll see that. But it's kind of like, really, you had a 14-part series. Why? Because you had a 14-part series last year and then the year before? <laughs> you know. <Impossible>. a <laughs> know well, that's kind of my take on it that's cool. that's cool i understand all right all right what you want to hit next i mean that's that's it for current events uh, you want to go to state of the union
1: why not that's what's next
0: fan freaking tastic in the words of my friend jared mayo oh no you didn't <laughs> state of the- Yeah, dude. All right, what is first on the list?
1: I'm looking at Grim Hunt, and you are my Spider-Man expert, so why don't you kind of jump into this, and we can go back and forth
0: a bit. Okay, all right. Amazing Spider-Man, number 637. Last episode, we talked about how uh, Joe Kelly was writing this and taking all the pieces from... You know, everything from The Gathering of Five to the final chapter to uh, Moreland to Ezekiel to Maddie Franklin to Aranya and uh, even even the future that Straczynski put out there. And he put it all together and Cain and the clones and everything, he put it all together and kind of summed it all up and said, Okay, this is what could happen and this is how it all fits together and the way he w- wove it together... Which was really great, was he said he likened it to a spider web, which makes sense, you know? And I don't know if anybody has done that before. I think that they've talked here and there about, oh, the the web of this and the web of that. But he's talking about the spider web. um, You can look at each of these characters as kind of anchors or strands to the spider web, and that's Spider-Man actually being the spider in the web. And I think that's how he wants us to look at that. The problem is when one piece of that web or one anchor or one focal point is broken, then the rest of the web starts to unravel. And so you're talking about not just um, unraveling the web that currently exists, but you're also unraveling the web that could possibly exist. Because if you take away an anchor point, well then you can't have another anchor point attached That it, it It lessens the amount... Of places that you can spread your web. You know what I'm saying? Because they're kind of concentric circles? Yeah. Okay, alright. As long as we're in agreement on that. Alright, so what this did... Is it said... If Spider-Man... Moves from the center of that... And, and positions himself... And this is all a metaphor... So I'm sure it breaks down... But he positions himself in a different place... Then he is not going to like what he becomes. He will not be the spider. He will not be uh, the, the person that he is meant to be. The person who is supposed to be in the middle. He's supposed to. He himself is a hunter. So if he moves, then what does that say about his whole past life and his whole future life? Now the specifics of that. Okay, this stuff is really strange because he dresses in his black costume. You know that he's all about you know Craven and his family have gone too far even though Craven i mean he's kind of innocent in this whole thing and there's a lot of metaphysical stuff going on like i said we got Madam Web who actually can see but she passes it off to Julia Carpenter and now Julia is the new Madam Web and then Spider-Man is somehow able to do the the mark of Cain is that what you got out of it that's yeah Which is weird to me, but apparently uh, maybe what he did is just use his grippiness to tear at her face. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, Uh I think we're seeing something that might not have come from Spider-Man, but may have come from another piece of the web that somebody else is attached to. And I think what we're seeing here is a metaphor for the entire web changing, just like um Madame Webb moved the web or moved a certain anchor point to Julia Carpenter, we may be seeing because Kane uh his anchor point was now moved and Maddie Franklin's anchor point now moved, other things, the web has to you know, the, the spider has to re spin his web.
1: So now the Madame Webb died.
0: Yes. I'm sorry. Bad. I liked her. I, I know you did. I know. But she's still in the cartoon. You can always go back and look at reruns.
1: <laughs> yes, but is she, Aranya's still alive. <laughs> I will not rest until she's gone.
0: <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like, Aranya moved... She was an anchor point in the web, and she moved to where Julia Carpenter was. And now Julia Carpenter moved to where Madam Web was. Spider-Man moves to where Kane is, but kind of picks up the slack. And then he goes to finally... He overcomes and is able to kill Craven. And does he do it? Is he that type of hunter? Will he break the web in that way? And, uh, you know, the metaphor breaks down. But what was so interesting to me is that if, if he does this, then he actually will become somebody else. He will become who Kane was. And he will become who Straczynski in issue 500, Saw, in the future, with the, you know, the coat and the the button-up coat with the strange mask and everything. Mm-hmm. What, what Joe Kelly is saying is that, you know what, all that stuff that we said in the future, that's actually a, ba- a negative. That's actually a, a bad thing, and we don't want Spider-Man to go there. And if he does this, if he kills Cam- if he kills Craven, then he's going to fall into that. Now, that's not how Straczynski saw it at all, I don't think, right?
1: Uh, yeah. All
0: right, so Straczynski saw it as a positive thing. But in this regard, in this respect, it was, it was a stroke of brilliance, whether I agree or disagree with, you know, whether it was good or bad, but it was a stroke of brilliance for um, Joe Kelly to write it this way because he's addressing the future, yet at the same time he's saying, you know what, that doesn't matter anymore. We're actually wiping out almost everything. All the continuity that Straczynski put in place. and um, But it still counts, but we're wiping it out because it was bad. So what he did was actually just change the definition of the future from a positive tr- truth value to a negative truth value.
1: Mm. Okay.
0: So I, I, I thought it was wildly creative. I thought it was amazing. Uh, and I wish they had emphasized the web a little bit more and... You know how the anchor points and the metaphor and everything. Um, I may be just guessing, but I really think that that's what Joe Kelly was getting at. And when I read these books, you know, if they're trying to say something deeper, I definitely try to look for the deeper metaphor and the meaning and the themes and and you know what they're actually trying to do. And that's why I like Spider-Man because he has a central theme that you can always go back to. You know, with power comes responsibility. And then, but what is that responsibility? Joe Kelly defines that responsibility as keeping the web secure. Staying in the center of that web. Do not, you know, do not become something that you're not. Don't go out from that web. And if you need to re-spin it because things happen, re-spin it. But don't become a different animal. So, I, I don't know. I, I really, I really enjoyed it. I wasn't pleased with where the story went because I... I didn't like the idea of Spider-Man having a new costume with a giant collar and a, and the button-down, like, the Rocketeer and everything. But I really respect Straczynski, so I'm sad to see all his stuff get wiped out. In a four-issue series, nonetheless.
1: Yeah, that was pretty quick.
0: So, uh, in this time where they're drawing out Second Coming with 14 issues... Like a four-title crossover with X Factor somewhere in the mix, I was just really surprised that they did this. You know. Mhm. So I just see so you just
1: you think really deep in about it because you know Spider Man is like Spider Man is like your Wolverine and Storm for me. You know, I thought in really deep about that. And for me, like when I read this, I was just like, dude, Craven's family—they are crazy. They're just nuts. <laughs> That's, that's the whole thing I was thinking. I was like, his wife's crazy, his kids are crazy, Chameleon's crazy, he's crazy. He's got his kids pitted up against each other in a savage land. These people's crazy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that's definitely true. That's definitely true. But when I read this, it just brought a smile to my face, the stroke of genius that they had of how to totally authenticate what was done and yet still make it obsolete at the same time. Yeah. I I don't know. I mean, I that that is a strong writer to be able to do that.
1: Well, Joe Kelly's fantastic. He's just he's a great writer. I I've always thought Joe Kelly was great.
0: I I think you're right. I think you're right. But I mean, that's that's all I had on this, you know.
1: Yeah, well, all I really had was just, like, the big revelations of, you know, Spider-Woman is now the Madame Web, you know, Aranya is now the Spider-Woman, and Madame Webb's dead, and Craven's whole family's crazy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, we still don't know, like, what it matters that Aranya was chosen, uh, Ezekiel's still not back, which stinks I wish he would come back well I guess I'm glad he's gone but I was glad to see an appearance of him or somebody that looked like him at the same time (laughs)
1: Yeah.
0: I would have liked to have seen Venom or Anti-Venom in this but I really do think at the origin of species I think they're going to be in that and then this might play out further you know this might be building out a new status quo because I mean if you think about the next story Omit, which is what one moment in time Uh, we've talked about straczynski's run uh where it was and how we dealt with it and the totem powers and he kind of gave credence and then still made the future of it obsolete and then we're going to talk about the later what the the joe fisto run if you will uh which was still straczynski but it was it was at the end you know during civil war and then from that time on which was what it was like there had to be about 20 issues right uh-huh. okay Okay. Uh, so we're going to talk about that era next and then building out the next status quo, which I think is what they were trying to do for Brand New Day, but I think they still had a lot of baggage that they had to deal with, and they either they didn't realize that they had a lot of baggage or they were just like, you know what, we're going to put it off. and it, You know, I, I don't know. I don't know why they would kind of reboot it Right after they re rebooted it three years ago, you know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I'm really interested to see what Origin of Species is going to be about. Uh, I'm really just looking forward
1: to it. I just want to see what's going on.
0: I thought you said you weren't looking forward to it.
1: Well, I don't. I think it's still going to suck because they're getting. They still are. You know, changing that whole thing. I still hate that whole decision. But I want to see what they're going to say about it. How how are they figuring they're getting around this? What are they going to do? Right. No, but I mean, any way they write it, I, I'm going to say I don't like it. I already know that. <laughs> not change the fact that Mephisto did that. So.
0: Right. Right. Well, we'll see. We may we may luck out. Like, even though this story, I'm not a huge Craven fan and everything, I really did appreciate. The crafting of this story. So if Omit is anything like this, I think we'll be okay.
1: Well, you might be okay. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. Alright. Shadowland. Shadowland.
0: Shadowland. Yes.
1: So I gotta confess to you, though. What? I just picked up Shadowland today.
0: What? Come on, dude.
1: And I didn't read it.
0: What? I know! Dude, Shadowland, alright, I have been waiting for this because I want to know what happens to Daredevil. I, I mean, I want to know what happens in the overall story of what Daredevil, what Bendis set up, where Brew Baker took him, where Diggle is going to take him, right? So, right now, just to give you a heads up, he is head of hand, okay? Yeah. He is being played by White Tiger, and um, Black Tarant- Tarantula is actually on his side. But he's starting to be corrupted by the dark side, so to speak, of uh, the hand. And so the, the people who pledge their allegiance to him, some of the, the the major guys around the world, have said, oh yeah, you're in charge of it, you know, and, and we're subject to you, but really they're starting to try to change him. So he goes back to New York, and we we start to see that change in how he does things, and he starts to protect kind of like... Uh, you know a, a 1984 type of predict by, by Big Brother looking out so like ninjas are ruling you know Hell's Kitchen and making sure that nobody does anything but he's overstepping the lines and then the heroes are going to have to take take care of it and Shadowland the whole idea is Shadowland is the headquarters of uh, or the center of Hell's Kitchen that he erected because uh, Bullseye killed all those people in um dark rain the list so um anyway real quick bullseye escapes um out of the uh, the raft transport but what i thought this was cool he started talking about the sentry and he's like you know the sentry's coming back and like all the guards start like freaking out like oh don't let him get to you he's, he's that's a bunch of bull and then like one of them's like no tell me how are we gonna kill the sentry oh no what are we gonna do so like that, that what was cool about that is they haven't forgotten you know like that was mm-hmm. a few that was a few months ago that was back in april but yet still we're, we're talking about that so I, I like that and so then he escapes and then he he goes out and tries to kill people but another thing that was interesting was um we start to see a lot of a lot of the new york superhero street level stuff which i love that stuff that stuff makes a lot of sense to me. It doesn't, you know, some of the other stuff doesn't make sense. Fantastic Four, if you have that kind of technology, then, you know, nobody can beat you. So, you see Moon Knight, you see Spider-Man, and you see the Punisher, who does not look like Frank Castle at all.
1: Yeah, how, how is that?
0: I don't know. I don't know, and actually, none of the, the covers look like him either. So, uh, we see Iron Fist, and we see Luke Cage, and I love those guys. Um, but the main thing that happened in this Daredevil is in a new suit kind of a black one and he goes and he uh, appears to kill Bullseye Daredevil just flat out kills him without too much of a you know he just says okay that's it and I'm going to kill you and not a whole lot of banter back and forth he tears both shoulders out of socket for the most part and then he just Hoo-yah! in the same way that um, Bullseye killed Elektra. And then mm-hmm. that's it. So, yeah, we do have Daredevil 508, but we won't talk about that yet. Um, that's the next thing. But I, I just thought it was interesting, you know? Like, mm-hmm. Daredevil's in a new suit, and he's taking names, kicking butt.
1: <laughs> Yay.
0: So, anyway, it should be exciting.
1: Yeah, that's. I mean, that's totally up your alley. You've always been into the street-level kind of people. So that's good. <laughs>
0: yeah, and he, I think actually Daredevil 508 talks more about um, you know, Foggy Nelson and the uh, the other people, the uh, Dakota and oh, what's her name? You know, all the all the backup characters that actually care about Daredevil and Matt Murdock and how they're going to react.
1: Well, and then we still got more appearances from people like Wolverine and and oh, yeah. I think we're going to have others, the Dragon are going to show up.
0: Yeah, I can't. I can't wait for all that. I mean, that'll be great. But I, you know, the main story is in Shadowland. So I'm saying when we cover, we don't cover Daredevil five oh eight. We're not missing that much. It's kind of just backup characters and more in the Daredevil um, instead of the the giant picture. It's more you know his guys. All right, is that that covers it for Shadowland?
1: I think so. I mean, you know more about it than I do.
0: No, I'm just trying to keep everybody out there abreast of the situation. I mean, it's kind of, it's kind of a big deal and it involves a lot of street level characters. We we had our Giant Avenger crossover, you know, and we had our our Giant X-Men thing, and now we're getting down to you know, a crossover with all the 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 street level guys who they weren't like, "Hey, I'm going to fly to Oklahoma and beat down the Sentry." Like none of these guys did that even though Spider-Man was there you know th- these aren't those type of guys yeah so anyway it's good alright what else we got what's next alright we've got the new X-Men status quo ooh yes
1: we had uh, the whole hero and Uncanny X-Men Heroic Age uh, that one shot came out and then uh, some good good stuff in there
0: Least, uh, I think it's important to cover this, uh, cover this separately than um, the new, like, X-Men number one and Death of Dracula. Because this is, I mean, I, it appears that there's two different stories going to go on here. Wouldn't you say so, or no?
1: Yeah, yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't really talking about Dracula stuff.
0: Oh, I, I know, I, I mean, we're going to talk about that next. Oh, okay. I'm saying that the new status quo for the X-Men has really has nothing to do with the vampire stuff. No.
1: No, the, no, the heroic age and the vampire thing are different.
0: Right. Alright, go on, go on.
1: Yeah, so, no, I mean, just... Um, with the whole uh, heroic age one-shot was just... We kind of get to see Beast's uh, confrontation with Cyclops and, you know, why he's heading out. The reasons he give, he's giving um, Cyclops denial of his leaving, um, which I thought was really sweet. I kind of like those character-driven, you know, emotional, confrontational pieces as opposed to just, oh, okay, he left and we, you know, it's never explained why or how or how his leaving happened, any of that kind of thing. Uh, see Cyclops off to... Um, collect his thoughts and, and detox from everything that's been going on in the savage land of all places. Uh, Steve Rogers shows up.
0: Dude, i got to say that this art is fantastic.
1: Well, not throughout the whole thing, no. I could not agree with you there.
0: No, but I mean, it. The, the, this first artist? Yeah, for the Cyclops part? Yeah. You don't think so? Yeah, the Cyclops, the Cyclops
1: issues were, the Cyclops storyline with Steve, and at the beginning with Beast was good. The Beast storyline, not so hot.
0: No, that's the same artist as in, uh, who did Sword. The Sword. Yeah. No, I mean, it's stylized, whatever. But I really don't like how they drew. Like, I can get over Beast, because that's that's extremely stylized, but no, I, I can't get over Molly
1: yeah, well, yeah. I, I I didn't really care for Beast, though. I was like, dude, that's not my Beast.
0: <laughs> well, wow, he looks completely different. I mean, Dotson drew him completely different than uh, earlier than in this issue, too, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay. No, All right. All right. True. <laughs> I agree. I agree. <laughs> you sound personally offended
1: no 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 not at all not even in the slightest i just agree (laughs) i mean throughout the whole issue and then you hit him up in secret avengers and then back to uncanny it's like there's just some blue hairy guy but there must be four different ones
0: five if you count dark beast
1: yeah yeah (laughs) dark beast and exiles beast and Noir beast (laughs) and regular beast (laughs)
0: <laughs> I haven't seen Noir Beast. Oh, and I gotta say, these lizards, I did not like uh, these these uh, raptors or whatever.
1: I, I think it's just probably a story element, you know? Gotta put Cyclops in danger for Steve Rogers to save him.
0: I guess, but I mean, like, they look like humans with the, with the raptor head. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why. I think it's because their arms are long. They don't look like animals at all. Anyway, that's a cool picture of Steve.
1: Yeah, and and he comes down to the Savage Land and, and kind of talks to Cyclops about, you know, bringing mankind into the... I mean, mutant kind into the heroic age. And, you know, they don't have to hide anymore. That The whole world saw them, what they did um, in San Francisco, and they need to you need to just bring the X into the forefront, celebrate them. And so Cyclops is, is reluctant or, or whatever, but he ends up doing it, and the president gives him a medal, uh, award of honor or bravery or something, I don't know. But uh, so then the X-Men are out, and they get the whole, you know, celebration and all that stuff. But so meanwhile, Beast and, and uh, Molly are just talking about species dying and all that kind of stuff. I mean, those are the those two stories kind of run along more so probably together uh, than the third story. But my, my kind of thing, I was just like, why are we giving... Cyclops, this, If you guys knew what Cyclops was doing, you know, you wouldn't be giving him this medal. And all these years, all the work that Professor Xavier has done, no recognition. You know, he's not even at the celebration. His bald head is not even seen there. But Cyclops is just like, you know, the best thing since sliced bread.
0: See, that's what I wanted to talk to you about. When I read this issue, I was like, okay, okay, this is a lot different. And what are they doing here? They're trying to... I mean, the title says it all. This is the Heroic Age issue yeah. for the X-Men. And what are they doing? They're trying to include them into the rest of the Heroic Age. Now, do you think, number one, that it's it's fluid and organic? And then, number two, that it's possible... What is their place in the Heroic Age? And what is it going to look like?
1: Well, no, I don't think it's fluid and organic. It's, it's a very choppy story. It's very random, you know? He just showed uh, yeah, no, not choppy, it was very choppy, and
0: no, I mean coming from coming from second coming like is the is this story which is obviously taking place after second coming, is this the natural progression, would you actually see this happening or or is this okay we need a we need somehow to bridge between what we want to take place and what has taken place uh
1: want to take place What has to take place. Uh, Probably what we want to take place, because they really just want everyone in the new heroic age. You know, they don't just want this to be the Avengers and Spider-Man in the heroic age or whatever. Everybody's fantastic for the X-Men. Except for Shadowland, I guess. But everybody else is in the heroic age whether they like it or not. And so this is a way to do it.
0: Okay. Alright. But... Is there a place for mutant kind to stand in the heroic age? And what is it going to look like?
1: There, there is, but it just kind of defeats the whole fundamental reason for having the X-Men. You know, they're hated and feared and on the run. And, and, you know, when they do some, they're kind of like the mutant version of Spider-Man, you know. He does all these good things, but that's not what's reported. What's reported is, you know, it, it, it's his fault. So the X-Men, you know, they kind of do the same thing. They help out and and they try and, you know, make good relationships. But, you know, that's kind of the whole theme of their book is that striving for peaceful coexistence. Once you have the peaceful coexistence, okay, well, you don't have as much of a story and you're forced to uh, do books of vampires.
0: So, (laughs) hey, that's a good point. That is a good point. So you think that now they're going to... Do you, do you think they're going to accomplish that mission? Do you think that now they're going to have a peaceful relationship? Now people are going to say, "Oh, mutants. Now we had some of that back in Geno, I mean, back in um, Grant Morrison's run where there were 16 million mutants and they were everywhere and then people would just walk by and like, you know, people with giant eyeballs and everything looking at them and they, you know, and then the mutants started to fight amongst themselves. Is is that where we're headed?
1: Well, I think it's it's also different because the population too there's so few. You know, there are 198, with you know 20 of them have probably been killed, and then now there are five new ones. But I don't think it, it's going to exist in that in that way. Um, I honestly I don't know what they're going to do if they're going to keep it like this or not. I really I I don't can't even speculate.
0: Do you think it's a good characterization of Steve to come and, and extend this olive branch to, to Cyclops?
1: Uh, well, I mean, I think it's part of Steve's evolution as a, as he in his new role, you know, right. In the way that he's he's acting, I think that's probably just part of uh, the character and how they're kind of adapting his motives and things.
0: I can see that. I would expect that Steve would want this, but he wouldn't take that step. You know, I, I don't know, but then again, when they, uh, in Amazing Spider-Man uh, Volume Ten, when they were in the trades, um, under the Straczynski run, you know, Cap was like, "Well, how's that working out for you, not being on a team?" So, I think he's, I don't know, maybe he's remorseful that he's he's taken Beast away, you know. And that he kind of wants to bury the hatchet and extend the olive branch and all those other cliches.
1: It could be. Very well could be.
0: I don't know. I'm just guessing. I just thought it was weird because we're coming out of Second Coming and, you know, I don't think they did anything super extraordinary for humanity in Second Coming at all. No. I think the very presence of them in San Francisco put San Francisco at risk and then, you know... It says, oh, you saved all the people of San Francisco, you saved humanity. No, not really. In fact... You bought this. <laughs> in, in fact, actually, Bastion was trying to save humanity as he saw it.
1: Yeah. So I completely agree. It's all that to beholder and how you, how you decide to look at it.
0: Right, so I'm kind of wondering where they're coming from in this book.
1: Well, that's kind of why I said it was a bit... I would agree that it's probably maybe more forced because you have to bring them into the whole cage somehow, and that's how we're going to do it.
0: Right. Okay, all right. Well, that I just wanted to bounce that off of you and find out, because, uh, you know, to me, to me, uh, Chapter 14 was so fluid and was so organic to where they want to go, and this was so not. I, I couldn't understand how the two of them could be totally different.
1: Yeah, maybe... Um... Because it says that uh, part of the continuation of chapter 14 is in Uncanny 526. You know, maybe when that comes out, maybe that will have more of a bridge. I mean, I guess we can hope that there will be more of a bridge into this.
0: Yeah, you you would hope so, but I mean, didn't we see John Sublime in, in Uncanny a while ago? And we haven't seen that. I know Second Coming's going on, but like we saw John Sublime, and then a couple issues later, uh, Kitty Pride came back, and then now Hope's back, and you know, we're not going anywhere. And, and this brings me to another point. I thought that Fraction was going to be driving the X-Universe for however long he's on the book. But looking back over the past two and a half years, Kyle and Yost have been driving the X-Universe. And they're not even on any X-Men books. They're on X-Force, right? <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah.
0: How weird is that?
1: Uh, I mean, they're just two of the best writers out there right now.
0: Right, but, and yet they're not, they don't have the helm of anything.
1: Mm -mm. No, they don't have the main title.
0: And, right, and that's so weird to me, like, X-Force is a backup title, and yet everything happens in X-Force, you got, you know, and not even, and not even in the cable book, you know, the cable book was just spinning its wheels for two years. Yeah. No offense to, to Dwayne, I mean, I love this stuff in Iron Fist. I thought he. Was, I think he's a really talented guy, and I think he's doing all right with some Deadpool stuff that he's doing. But, um, yeah, Cable was, you know, horrendous for that amount of time. And you know, what other, what? there's got to be an X-Men book I'm missing, right?
1: <laughs> you got Legacy, you got Uncanny. Uh, oh, Legacy,
0: Uncanny. yeah, Legacy, yeah. I mean, Legacy and Uncanny did not drive the X-Universe. X-Factor doesn't do it, so X-Force was driving the X-Universe. I can't believe it. I can't believe it.
1: But they had the best writers, the most... You you were pulled into X-Force once you read one issue. You just had to find out what happened next. With Uncanny, with Legacy, a lot of it was hit or miss, take it or leave it. Uh, I can figure out what's going on if I miss five issues.
0: Well, now the question is, Who's going to drive? Is it gonna be fraction? Is it gonna be gis Gishler? Hopefully fraction. Do you really think he can do that good of a job?
1: <laughs> Andy, you are destroying all of our possible interviewees. <laughs> I
0: I apologize, but this is when I read this stuff when I read this stuff, this is why I thought this was a huge week, because I saw all these holes. I was like, I cannot believe that they're doing this. And I can't believe that I didn't recognize this beforehand.
1: Well, I mean, but Yost and Kyle kind of came out of nowhere. And look what they've done.
0: Yes. Maybe Gitzler will be that the next Kyle and Yost,
1: you know, this fresh person, and just takes it over.
0: Well, that, br- that brings us to the death of Dracula in X-Men 1. I mean, y- you're possibly right. I was reading his Deadpool core stuff, and I could not stand it. I can't I can't stand his Deadpool core stuff, but I thought that um you know X-Men number 1 it was going to be a lot of the same, but actually it's a lot better. It was way better than I thought it was going to be.
1: X-Men number
0: 1 was better? No, uh, Death of Dracula.
1: Oh, okay.
0: I did you read that? No, there were no X-Men in it. So you didn't read it? It goes right into the X series, The Curse of the Mutants.
1: I don't need uh, I don't need a you know thirty-four page issue to know that yeah, Dracula's dead, X-Men number one's next, you know? I, I flipped through it and I just saw all these characters I didn't know, but I knew Dracula was gonna die, so they told me on the cover.
0: Well I think that's a little rude. I think you need to read this. How are you gonna be prepared?
1: <laughs> well, I'm I, okay, how am I not prepared? I know that Dracula died. Well... Is there anything else?
0: You're gonna, I, 10 to 1, you're going to have to go back and read this if you want to ke- pick up on something that happens later on. I I'm, bet you.
1: Well, I usually take your advice, so...
0: It was an alright read. I mean, usually when you see something that's like 30... However many, you know, like more than a 22-page story, I'm kind of like, ah... It's probably not worth it. But this one was alright. I mean, they created... My beef with this one was... They created a whole new parallel world, like... That we don't see in the 616. I mean, we know it's there. And we know that... In Great Britain, with the MI-13... We deal with vampires for... You know, that whole series that lasted, what, 13 issues or whatever. But... You know, we... This is an underworld that that we haven't seen before. And that was my only beef with it, like... Have all these different tribes and everything of vampires been mentioned before in the Six One Six? If not, then throw them out because we don't need them. Yeah, I felt like I was reading Anita Blake, her, <laughs> which I haven't. I haven't read any. I don't know if it's good or not. But the point is, it's not Six One Six, so why read it? Absolutely. So I don't know. I'll give it a shot. X Men One wasn't I'll give that Give it a bad.
1: shot, but I mean, did you read X Men Number One?
0: I did. Um, did you not like it? Oh,
1: oh no, 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 not at all. I was so disappointed, but what? I had so little expectation.
0: I thought the art was okay.
1: Yeah, the art was. I, I like him. He's a good artist. I liked his, some of his past stuff, but that is not. That is not a way to kick off an X Men number one. X Men number one needs to be like gigantic, it needs to be powerful, it needs to be an issue that is just going to go down as a classic, and you can I can read Uncanny X-Men number one I can read New X-Men number one I can read it five times a day and still just be like Oh, these are great, this I read once and I'm like, oh my gosh do I ever have to read it again New X-Men number one, what was that? Well, like in 91 when when Jim Lee and Chris Claremont started X.
0: Oh oh, adjectiveless.
1: Yes, but now this one is called X Men Number One. So I just called it. I mean, it could be X Men Legacy Number One, New X Men Number One, whatever. You know.
0: Yeah, well, I, I remember reading New X Men One Fourteen, and I was blown away. I was because that was they. I think that was when they wiped out all the sentence, or all the mutants in Genosha, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was basically X Men Number One.
0: Yeah. So I was, I was blown away. But yeah, you're right. This, I can see, this feels like, it feels, actually, it feels a little bit better than a Fraction book and a lot better than Legacy. Um, But yeah, it doesn't give the impact. I mean, I know they're trying to start this off as like a, you know, the whole Marvel Universe is going to have to go through this because some outside wacko group of, uh, vampires decided they wanted to, you know, come to the light now. Yeah, but yeah, this wasn't a good kickoff issue.
1: No, it's just not one of those go down in history monumental issues, and uh, that's that's well, really what I was looking for.
0: How would you have fixed it? Hmm. How would you have fixed it?
1: Well, I well, I mean, the whole vampire thing—it's just number one issues these days are all about the setup, you know. These days, when you have an ex- when a, a, a whatever, when you're starting off a title, it doesn't start off like gung ho. It's all about building up because it's like a six issue arc. You know, when uh-huh. you go back to X Men number one, it, it, even back in 1963, you've already got the five X Men there. You've got Professor X there. All that's introduced is Magneto, the villain. It, it's already that part's already set up. When you go back to 1991 with the, the X Men. You've already got the blue and the gold team set up. They know they gotta go battle Magneto and it was just it was there. It was ready to go. Next, this expo number one is let's set it up. This is what we're gonna we're gonna eventually work to something. You know? A number one shouldn't be a work to something. It should be, sweet, this is number one. I gotta pick up number two because this just set this just set a new standard in awesomeness. <laughs> and it just did it. This just said, no. I, I don't... X-Men number one to me is not three pages of Jubilee and Pixie talking over coffee. That's boring. Who cares? You know, a kid isn't going to... A mom and dad and a kid aren't going to walk in a comic shop and say, sweet, X-Men number one, this is a good place. And my kid can read this and they're going to read Pixie and Jubilee who doesn't even have powers reading eating over, you know, drinking coffee and then somebody... You know, commits jihad. They think (laughs) what? (laughs) Well, I'm not gonna read that.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So that's just that's my soapbox. (laughs) That's fine. That's fine. But uh, so your overall, you know, your your overall feelings about the new status quo and and this. Now let's combine the two topics that we were talking about. Like, is is. Is this X Men story going to even fit in? Is it going to work? How do they work? <laughs> I don't know.
1: You've got one dark one with all these different Marvel characters coming in to help you battle vampires, but at the same time, you're in a brand new, sunny, happy, heroic age day, and everyone loves you.
0: What? <laughs> yeah, but I can see that. I mean. I can see that they say, okay, the darkness. We have we have to have major villains, okay? Yeah. Now the the major villain. Now, now when I say major, I don't mean huge like big, fantastic villains. What I mean is a definitive. This is the bad guy, you know. And but see, vampires are that, except for, you know, these Twilight movies that, I guess the the vampires are okay. I don't know, but. I really think they could have done it with, like, Galactus or with, you know, the Phalanx or something else and just done it, like, everybody against one prime evil. Yeah. Uh. I'm
1: with you. I'm with you. I'm just not about the... And just the whole timing of the vampire thing, with what's going on now in every other facet of media. I was just really disappointed that that now X-Men are doing it, too.
0: Yeah, chalk that up to going green as in green as in money
1: <laughs> it'll probably work for him
0: yeah which is a shame but I mean I want Gishler's writing to be solid you know if he's gonna do this he better write a good story or he better have at least good writing let's hope he performs yeah we'll see alright anything left on that I'm great <laughs> you you sound great <laughs> All right, off to the Tina Awards. The Tina Awards.
1: No questions from listeners? Uh,
0: no. I don't think... I think I posted that too late in the day. That's all right. Ah, whatever. Eh, whatever. Let's see here.
1: How many you got? I got two. I've got three. All right, our first Tina Award... Oh, just for those of you that are new listeners, because I know we've got some new ones tonight, uh, Andy and I, uh, Jared, that would be me, has a slight obsession with the queen of rock and roll, Tina Turner. So, and so slight, what, uh,
0: <laughs> slight obsession? Listeners, go back and listen to how uh, Jared got on Oprah, and, and because he was like <laughs> Tina Turner's number two fan.
1: It, it's, it's calmed down. Trust me, it's much better than it used to be. Okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Andy, when Andy and I were first discussing coming up with a podcast and what we wanted to do um, a year ago. Andy came up with doing Tina Awards. And what a Tina Award is, is um, we'll go through typically the current event issues that we review, and we will pick out different songs that Tina has sung over the past 50 years and line it up with something that happened in one of the issues. And it will be the Tina Award. Uh, You know, if two characters um, break up but they never were probably good for each other, we might say this is the "What's Love Got to Do with It" award. So uh, Andy has picked two, and I've got three, and we're just gonna we're gonna run through them. And we typically try and guess each other's. So my first uh, Tina Award is "Don't Turn Around."
0: Typically, like you said, this, uh, this doesn't, uh, this, we, we never guess them. So, (laughs) 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 so it's kind of a suspense thing for the listener as well. All right. Don't turn around. All right. Give me an issue. Which issue?
1: Uh, It's going to be Uncanny X-Men Heroic Age.
0: I'm going to go with Beast leaving. You got it. Oh, all right. That was a shot in the Uh dark. I was like, no, no way is he going to pick don't turn around because the Raptors are going to attack. <laughs> no, 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 no.
1: No, but I mean, Beast was totally like, this is why I'm leaving. This is not sabbatical. I'm quitting. Turned right around, walked away. Goodbye. You know, no qualms about it.
0: Right on. Right on. Good choice. Um, alright. This one's tough. I apologize. Um, all kinds of people. Some of that for you, some for love to you, there's all kinds of people in this world.
1: Turn the world around. Tear the
0: borders down the all kinds of people in this world.
1: All kinds of people. Um is that gonna be Ooh, that could be a variety of different things.
0: I I briefly talked about this. Uh, I mentioned it on purpose because I knew I was going to do this, Tina. (laughs) So that you would have at least a hint.
1: (laughs) All kinds of people. Would that be for all kinds of people that write X-Men?
0: No, no. It has to do... It's in The Death of Dracula. You didn't even read it.
1: Oh, Blumber. <laughs> Those are characters in Death of Dracula.
0: The different the different factions. All these all these different kinds of factions, like the Nosferatu, but the Daywalkers, but then you got the the guys in the Italian business suits who all they care about is money, but they're still vampires. All these people we've never even heard of in the six one six, and yet they're introducing this entire new counterculture, uh that now is gonna make war against the rest of the world. Like no, I... Give me the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. I'll take that.
1: There we go. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right.
1: All kinds of people. All right. Um, My next one is Acid Queen. I'm the the Acid Queen.
0: I'm the the man is taking Oh, you know what? I was-
1: We'll find out why. Okay, what did you, what
0: were you gonna pick it for? Uh see, again, it was gonna be for Death of Dracula. That's why I didn't. Uh. That's why I didn't pick it. Cause that girl in there, she's so two faced. Uh, acid Queen. Is that Emma Frost, who is just totally not helping Scott? Mm,
1: that's a good guess, but no. <laughs> But that's a good
0: one though. That really is I can see
1: I can see that one. Alright, what issue? That was, Oh, um uh second coming number two.
0: Who Oh, you know what? It's Storm, right? And she's it's Storm. Pouring salt in the wound over uh Wolverine.
1: She is she's just she's letting him have it. Which, you know, she's not Well she
0: should. I mean that's not bad. That that's she should do that because Wolverine is in the wrong there.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not telling I'm not saying she's wrong at all. But she's just you know, she's letting him know this is just uh uh-uh. uh. We ain't having this. <laughs> <clears throat> Mama's not happy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Teehee <laughs> <laughs> All right, well good, 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 good. All right, all right, um, you should be able to get this. This is from Second Coming and uh, the heroic age. Not X Men number one. Okay? Okay. Something beautiful remains. Something beautiful remains. <laughs>
1: The new status quo.
0: Yes, the new status quo that we're supposed to see in the X universe now, and it's kind of have to be a melding between what we really see in Second Coming, and what we're supposed to see in the Heroic Age. Okay. That's so, nice out of all this, something beautiful remains. So. I like that. Yeah.
1: Good one. All right, my last one. Is it would be a crime.
0: It would be a crime. A crime if the sun
1: forgot to shine. A crime if the
0: stars forgot to align. It would be a crime if we don't find a way. It would be a crime. Is it X-Men number one? Yes. Okay.
1: <laughs> but it should be called It Is A Crime. It Is
0: A Crime, I was going to say. <laughs> it, it would be a crime if they let this go and they didn't make that issue outstanding.
1: Yeah. Gotcha. i find Tina to sing all those lyrics. She was busy we got trying to get her to re-record it for
0: me. <laughs> okay, all right, no problem. We can, you know, we'll call her up. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's it for our Tina's, right? Yeah, we had five of them. Yeah, that's good. That's a good, I like the Tina's because it's kind of a rehash over what we talked about, and it's obviously what stu- stood out in our minds in some form related to song interpretations. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Well, it is late. I know it's 11 over where you are, and we are going to wrap it up. Once again, this is Marvel 616 Politics, Episode 20. Uh, Thanks for sticking around as long as you did. And uh, new listeners, feel free to ask questions and download all the other podcasts. Why don't you do us a favor and leave us a review on um, iTunes? We haven't had a single review yet that I haven't written uh, log into iTunes and leave us a review, good or bad, whatever. Just make sure you don't ruin it for anybody else as far as um, as far as them taking us down. Don't say we're, you know, explicit or anything like that. <laughs> um, you can contact us at Marvel616 Politics at gmail.com. Drop by our website, Marvel616 politicscom and of course follow us on Twitter. At six one six politics so you can get all the up to date information on our Facebook page as well as any new articles uh that we put up on our website.
1: Do it to it. Sounds great.
0: Well you gotta do your two.
1: Oh yes I do.
0: <laughs>
1: well <laughs> you can call and leave us a message at six one six seven five five Tina. Or you can look us up on Facebook at facebook.com/slash Marvel 616 politics.
0: All right, and until next time, make yours Marvel 616 politics. Take it easy. me <laughs> dude i think i hit it twice and so it paused it
1: well i'm glad you found that now as opposed to hold on let me stop the tape we've been recording for an hour
0: you i, know? Would, I would shoot myself